usually I like to give a title to sermons. I couldn't think of one for this. The closest thing I could come was the spiritual roller coaster. So uh, anyway, we'll talk about that little by little. Uh, The idea is I'm going to bring a little history in and, uh, you know, and try to apply some of the things from ancient history a long time ago and how they still fit now. I remember uh, when teaching a history class one time, I had a student that said, why do we have to study history? You know, it's just a bunch of old dead guys. And uh, I always prayed that God would give me an answer to questions like that. And so what I told him, told him was, the reason you study history is because you're making it now. Think about that. We are making it now. Somebody is going to call us ancient history someday. So <clears throat> anyway, so I want to start off by thinking about Israel as they were entering the promised land uh, anew. And in, <clears throat> you don't need to turn there because I'm going to read it to you. In Deuteronomy 8, God is telling, giving them some information about here's what it's going to be like when you go into the promised land and some things that you need <clears throat> that you need to know and uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna read to you from deuteronomy eight several verses uh let's see observe the commands of the lord your god walking in his ways and revering him for the lord your god is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land with where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten, you're filled. <coughs> and are satisfied praise the lord your god for the good land that he has given you be careful that you do not forget god your god failing to observe his commandments his laws decrees that i am giving to you this day i'm going to skip a verse or two where he down to where he says then your heart will become proud referring to if you forget god your heart will become proud And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. That's an interesting promise and a scary warning, isn't it? Okay, uh, a little bit, you know, as they go into the land. And here's another interesting thing that it says in Judges 2.10. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. That's the first generation that went in. Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for them. Didn't take long for it to all just fade away. One one generation. So we're going to talk about how the Lord guides and leads his people and the world, for that matter, into more getting more and more of him so it starts out with a place of place of blessing if you'll look now at your at your little picture there says up at the top wellness and abundance and prosperity that's what god wanted for them when they went into the land was a land that was flowing with milk and honey security the promised land as described 
is described as an abundant place. Also a place of prosperity where they will do well. And prosperity, I think a good biblical definition of prosperity is to be led in a good way, not get rich quick, not materialism. To be led in a good way, you're prospering. If you're following God, you will be increasing. You will have good things happen to you. But with all of this stuff, don't be distracted by it because I'm going to give you mountains and hills and valleys and all these beautiful things and uh, vineyards that you didn't plant, all the things that the people who were here that I've judged and sent them off, you're going to get what they labored for for free. But beware because that has the power to deceive you that it was something that you did rather than I gave it to you. So don't forget God. Now, as we go through this, you'll probably see some things that are very similar to our own nation and to the world. And so I think this is a, uh, a sturdy warning. So attention should be to what does this speak to us today? That's what the value of history is. God warned them that he was a source of their power. Other ver another verse says that God is the one that gives you the power to gain wealth. And if you don't actively serve, love, and obey, you will fall away. So there were warnings. Don't forget God. If it is well with you, don't forget God. It's not my own doing that I am doing well. All right? It's by the grace of God. God gives us the power to get wealth, to all these things. The promised land was right in the middle, surrounded by bad guys. You ever think about that? It's kind of like the church today. Here we are on planet Earth, surrounded by evil forces. We're not completely free of their influence or their attacks on us yet. So, like I say, it's kind of like the church today, like they were, get surrounded by forces that were wicked and forces of darkness. And <clears throat> as a matter of fact, this little picture of falling that I have here, if you were to study the book of Judges, this cycle happens about seven times in the book of Judges in about three years. So let's look at it. They were at a place of wellness, place of abundance and prosperity, and then the decline started. It started with disobedience, unfaithfulness, and forgetting God. Okay? That's all it took. And then another place, a little later on in Judges, where God warns them, do not intermingle or intermarry with the people that you are around. In other words, don't give your daughters to their sons. Don't take their sons for your daughters because they will deceive you, and as weak as you are, you'll fall into their trap of being the same way that they are. Now, <clears throat> that is what it uh, shows on the fall here, intermingling and intermarriage. And then, as we just read that scripture, the time will come very quickly then that you will lose your knowledge of God. Right? Are we a nation that has lost a lot of its knowledge of God? Yeah, I think so. You know, if it's not taught, people don't automatically know. We have to provide, we have to provide teaching. We have, to, we have to have people who will teach. We have to have people at families that will teach. 
So loss of knowledge produces the next thing, loss of identity. If you don't know some things about God, you won't know who you really are either. Okay? I'm a child of God. I'm not just here by chance. Okay? God has planned us. God has purpose for us. When they allowed their attention to be taken by all the good blessings that they had and not the blesser, then they begin to lose knowledge in relationship with God. The next thing that happens, they don't know who they are. The next thing that happens is they begin to intermarry or live like the wicked people who should, have been, should be displaced. Okay? So, loss of knowledge of God, loss of identity. And then the next thing is they enter into the same false god worship that the people had already. So Israel was strong when the first generation went in, but by the time the second generation, that doesn't seem like very long. Okay? Now, generation, we might think, uh, you know, back in those days, it was probably a little shorter than we think of a generation now, more like maybe 30 years rather than 50, 60, 70 years. But it didn't take long for them to forget God and lose their identity for being. Who were they and why were they here? When people lose their knowledge of God, they search for help from something else and end up giving their whole hearts to it. In our days, we, look to, we might look to things like human intellect. Well, we worship and we trust in our smarts. We're educated. We're bright. We can solve all of our problems. Uh, we might look to finances, to money. Money can buy us out of any situation that we get into. Any problem, more money will satisfy it. Or science. You know, have you heard the criticisms on the, on the president so many times recently? You know, well, he doesn't listen to science. doesn't believe in science. You know, I, w I would love to answer that question. Which one? You, but you don't believe the scientists. Oh, you mean there's one single scientist out there that, you know, he knows everything? No, they all argue just like everybody else does. So, isn't it amazing, though? God doesn't disagree with himself. Science, scientists do. <laughs> Human beings do. <clears throat> so, in the old days, it was idols that people would worship. Idols being little g gods and goddesses. And they believed that they could supply everything. If we need... <clears throat> If we need more rain, then we'll go and sacrifice to the, at the temple of the rain god. Okay, and that was Baal in most, most times in ancient times. If uh, there was need of fertility, people couldn't have children, we'll go make a sacrifice to the god or the goddess of fertility. Gods that made the crops grow. There were gods that caused the rain. There were special gods of war, which they would go and make offerings to the gods of war to give us the victory. And gods that would give you just power over whatever was against you. Gods were even fighting with each other. All right? If you study any mythology, you know a lot of it is this god is fighting that god and this happened. So, but this is what happens naturally when people forget the real god. Okay, we begin to substitute something else in its place. We begin to create god in our image. And that is what gives us all kinds of problems and causes us to 
slide further and further down the roller coaster ride. Every generation has had its idols, things it allows to be substitutes for God because the people have chosen to follow themselves rather than their creator. Okay, sometimes God would let the people in ancient times, would let them get away with this for years, go on for a long, long time, sometimes even centuries before acting and moving uh, in, in wrath or punishment or, or whatever. This would have to go on for years. When I don't want God in my life, then I move away from what some has called the shadow of the Most High, what the ancient people often referred to as his sacred canopy. When you're following God and you're obeying God, it's like there's a sacred covering over you. As you move away from God, as you grow cold in your worship or in your study or in your obedience, you may begin to sense that the, the canopy is lifting and there's things that are getting in to bother you that weren't bothering you a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. Anybody ever notice that? Yeah, we do. It, it works, like, works like clockwork. So, when I don't want God, then the shadow of the Almighty or the sacred canopy of protection begins to drop off, begins to move away. The awful thing that happens next is that darkness enters in where I had light before. And this is the pattern in the Old Testament and the New Testament as well, really. But this is the pattern of God's dealing with his people. Enemies of all kinds begin to attack. Now, if you look at this chart, again, going through loss of identity, idolatry, and false gods, and then as that covering begins to go away, all of a sudden, the enemies, we become more aware that enemies are attacking my life. That's exactly the way that it works for nations, for groups, for individuals. Okay? Now, <clears throat> here's what needs to happen. We need to hear from God. And as the chart again goes after the oppression by enemies, and you can think of this. If you'll read in Judges, in uh, the, the Old Testament books, Israel was doing well. You know, the temple, the temple people, the Levites were active and doing well. People were worshiping. They were keeping the feasts. They were doing the things that God had commanded. And all of a sudden, they got distracted, and they began to replace those things with other things that were not God. And when that would happen, they would begin to make more and more decisions because they would lose their way of thinking. Without God in your thinking, you don't make decisions according to God's will. <laughs> That's kind of the way it works. So, what happens is, first, God sends warnings. All right? It's like a thermometer, you know, it registers, you know, how hot or cold it's getting. God gives warnings. And I've written their prophetic warnings. Now, the enemies of all kinds will come. And it will work this way, as I said, for any nation, group, or individual. In the Old Testament times, when Israel had fallen away, they'd be attacked by their neighbors, at, which at one time feared them and left them alone, even blessed them. But now we have Philistines, Amorites, all these other surrounding groups 
that begin to attack them because they see that they are moving away from their protector, God. So, prophetics, prophetic warming, warnings come. So just think in the old days, when an enemy came and stole your harvest or your animals, that means you could starve to death de next winter. Because a lot of times, in ancient times, you know, wars were over food. <laughs> we're over water. We're over not just valuable, valuable things like wealth, but things to, li to live off of. So, but just before these things would happen, God would send warnings, sometimes signs and wonders, to get people's attention. But most often it was a prophet or prophets. Much of the Old Testament is recorded prophetic words and warnings where God was pouring out his love and calling his people to come back to him rather than pouring out wrath upon them. Okay? God much prefers mercy than judgment. God is merciful. Behold the love, the mercy, and the severity of God. But at the same time, you know, our desire to serve him and to be faithful to him and to walk in repentance and call light, light instead of light, darkness, and darkness, light, like the places where Israel uh, went down to. Those are the things that keep us on the right, right way, that protect our nation. Okay? So prophetic warnings came. And with the prophetic warning, then there was time for Israel and the hearers to make a decision. Who will we believe? Will we believe what the prophets are saying? Are they really sent from God to tell us to turn away from idols, to turn away from these things? And generation after generation, the problems of idolatry particularly would get deeper and deeper and so, so ingrained in people's minds and hearts and their tradition. It was very difficult for them to turn without miraculous signs from God. So we see that happen a lot of times. So God would send warnings and preferred to love and forgive more than to punish. But they had to make right decisions to do this. Looking there, the prophetic warnings coming on the downhill slope here. And it then became time to make decisions. Will we turn to God or do we not care? There's so many examples in the, in the, uh, the studies of the prophets about the people's reactions to the prophet. Jeremiah would prophesy. And people would say, oh, no, we like these other prophets over here. They, they have good things to say, <laughs> right? And so there's all kinds of reactions. But when you think about it, each individual has the power to act or react to God's word and God's warning. When God's calling us to himself, it's up to us to respond. If God can do anything for you, except make up your mind. You ever hear that? God cannot repent for you. That's our department. God has given us a free will to where we can go down his way or I can go down his way or my way. And my way will lead to destruction. So we need to recognize repentance when God calls us as individuals, as a church, as a nation. Then <clears throat> repentance is recognizing and allowing the Holy Spirit to point out to us what we need to turn away from. 
where we're going the wrong direction. You remember, repentance is like a 180-degree turn. I'm go- I was going this way, and repenting is a, an allowance of the Holy Spirit to let me change my mind and come to a place to where I can clearly see I need to do this. I need to turn to God in this area of my life. Okay? So, turning from darkness, the prophets would say, destroy the temples of your idols. When you move out from the sacred canopy, you will be wounded and afflicted. And, and afflicted, but come and I will heal you, God would say, and restore your fortunes. God was always wanting to forgive, always wanting to change. So, are you seeing this working in our nation? Have you seen it working in our nation? Do you see it growing in intensity? Do you see greater need for it? Do you see us as a nation, as a the body of Christ, as well as, <clears throat> as those who or maybe learning about God the first time, are they turning? Are we seeing truth come out? You know, the scripture that we sang and talked about a while ago from Second Chronicles 14, if my people will turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves before God, so forth, and he, then he promises to heal our land. But that's a, 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 a scripture about repentance, turning. And if you'll notice... And I first became familiar with that scripture, I would say back in the early 1980s, where I began to, every, every seminar <laughs> that I went to, somebody would get up and say that word and say, as a country, we need to do this. Did you notice that he says, if my people, he doesn't say if unbelievers will turn. It's my people. And what I began to realize was that, <clears throat> you know, things going wrong is not always God punishing unbelievers, he's punishing the, or he's drawing attention to the carnality of the righteous. The people who are already right with God by, by faith, but they're not obeying. They're not trusting. All right? So that's, that's things to worry about. And I believe that America is one of two countries on earth that God has supernaturally established on earth by a covenant, all right? One is Israel, and one is us. Now, if that's a new statement to you, study some history, and you'll find that there were men in the foundation area uh, coming from persecuted Christianity in, in Europe, uh, the Mayflower Compact, other, other places that... We people had made covenants with God. We will establish a nation that will be a nation that is a city on a hill. You know, a particular president that used to say that all the time about America, Ronald Reagan used to call America a city on a hill. God has established us for the work of his kingdom, not only in us, but to outreach. Therefore, we need to be faithful and understand that we are the descendants of those who made such a promise for God's blessing. So, back to Second Chronicles seven fourteen, If my people humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, isn't this a great promise here? I will hear. Isn't it great? God who cannot lie says, I will hear you. If we will turn to him, we get areas of our lives and I think God starts cleaning up the church first. 
And then as we become healthier, then God can use us to reach the world. But I think we're in a stage right now where God is healing us on the inside. So, notice that the address, like I say, is to his people. Not just all people, but to his people. God will take care of the non-believers according to his time and so forth. Christ's body must be spiritually healthy because he wants to use us to reach an unbelieving world. Right? As we turn, God will send deliverers. Now notice right there on your chart, prophetic warning, decisions to turn around, repentance, and then as that happens, God sends deliverers. He's very creative about how he does it. I don't know all the way God's going to bless us in a certain way or turn us in a certain way or improve us or whatever God's going to be doing tomorrow or the next day. I know that over a period of of centuries, this is the pattern that God follows. As we repent, God begins to heal. God begins to respond. God begins to pull us out of darkness. God begins to empower the people who should be walking in light to walk in more light. Because in in his light, we'll see light. So that's what's going on, I believe, right now. As we, as congregation, as individuals, as a nation, are getting lots of information. And it's coming through the news. There's more books out all over the place about what God is saying to our nation. And that is, turn to me. Now, if you have been returning (laughs) for years and you're already there, praise the Lord for you. You're a great example. Share your life with others. Share your light with other people. But above all, those who are not walking in the light need to learn from, need to turn from their way to his way. And I think a lot of that's going on right now. So, you know, as we turn, God sends deliverers. I've seen this for a long time. The Holy Spirit wants to heal us of everything in us that blocks the light from coming in or going out. There's something in you that just can't get it right. There's something in you that you just fear, whatever it may be. That's the thing God wants to heal. So we, as a body, need to open up. God, have your way in me. I'm responsible for me. I can't do anything for anybody else. I'm responsible for me. So as we allow the Holy Spirit to heal us, we're coming closer and closer to the time at <clears throat> where the chart's going to begin to go up instead of go down. Now, when God sends deliveries, deliverers, then one of the things as we begin to turn back to God, we enter usually a state of warfare. Anybody ever experienced that? God begins to move you away from something. God begins to heal you on the inside, but all of a sudden you find there's a wicked power that doesn't want to go and you get in a fight. Amen? Okay. So warfare is on the way. And there's spiritual warfare. Let me, let me say something. That <clears throat> it's, not just, it's not Richard trying to be bossy or anything, but when God says to study and learn warfare and develop corporate warfare, 
That's exactly what we need to do. We need to be good warriors. We need to be praying. We need to be praying for light to be exposed in dark places. The darkness be exposed by the light. We need to pray that on every level of human existence there is. Be it government, be it the educational system, be it entertainment, be it family life, being it values. All these things that are being uh, hurt, that are being held in, in uh, bondage by darkness, pray against those things. Be Actively do it whether it's di disciplining yourself to a regular prayer time, whether it's just learning how to walk around the house praying or driving down the street praying, understand this. Remember he said, when you do this, I will hear. That's what we need. We need the power of God. We need the power of God. I need the power of God in my life. So do you. So do we. So do us. So do our nation. We need the power of God. That comes as we repent and humble ourselves and ask God to deliver us from evil. Okay? So, as the healings come, so does warfare. We must learn to put on the whole armor of God to protect ourselves, to do corporate prayer, and to drive Satan and his demons from the control of every human manifestation <clears throat> every human excuse me <clears throat> institution okay and I mentioned some now at the bottom here the warfare one of the things that Peter talked about when he was preaching on the day of Pentecost is as we turn to God he sends times of refreshing how many of you think you could use a time of refreshing right now spiritually you know I've talked to so many people recently in the last several weeks or months just worn out spiritually worn out they're tired of the plague <laughs> they're tired of all the junk we hear on TV tired of so many things and they're uh, I agree there's so many things right now to get mad about you know it's hard not to you know let anger you know drain you okay so, we need times of refreshing. Lord, come and strengthen us. Give us rest, Lord, that we may rise and be your children and be prayer warriors, be intercessors, be speakers of truth. So, there's so many things that we need more of the power of God in our lives to accomplish, to do. Times of refreshing. And those times of refreshing are going to also lead to times of relearning and also experiencing and watching the enemies of God retreat, remove. So, back on the chart, times of refreshing. Ah, God is doing stuff. I'm seeing God act in various things in people's lives. I'm seeing some things in my life change that I've been praying about for a long time. Because I'm giving more and more my heart to God. All right? Okay. Moving up the uh, upside of the roller coaster here. Isn't it good to see the enemy withdraw? You ever had a 
problem with a, a, a sin problem or a, a depression problem or something like that, and all of a sudden you realize that the things that were coming and dragging you down, they're being removed. I can breathe again. Okay? Isn't that great? Okay, how about relearning? Christians ought to be the smartest people on earth. We need to learn. We need to study God's Word, whether it's in a disciplined way or however way, whatever works for you. We need to get more of the truth of God. It's the Word in us that delivers us from evil. So, relearning, and as we do that, redemption. Restoration, relearning, redemption, restoration. All right? Not only to turn from our idols, but to destroy any paths. I'm kind of skipped up to the top here, destruction of idols. People were told not only to destroy their idols, but also destroy the paths that might tempt them to go back. Okay? That's a, you know, God wants to heal us, but he, he, all of God's healing starts from the roots up, not the fruit down. You remember Jesus cursing the fig tree. He didn't curse the fruit. He cursed the roots, and it dried up. Okay? You have, hoe up the roots of a plant, it's going to die. You don't just pick the fruit, because it'll come back. So pray and ask God, Lord, there's roots in us. There may be values in us that are... Uh, in the wrong way. We may be believing a long time wrong tradition. Lord, get to the roots. You know, there's things on the inside of each of us that are wrong that we wouldn't even understand it if God explained it to us. But he knows how to heal it anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I'm feeling that myself. There's things that I don't know why this type of thing bothers me. I don't know why I want to go darkness Gonna want to want to go my way when I'm tempted in this area. I don't know why I'm so strongly leaning in that way, Lord. But you do, and I confess it's wrong. It's not complete. It's not pleasing to you, Lord. Heal me of that, whatever root cause it is. Okay, that's destroying your idols. Word the word idol, <coughs> biblical term for idol, is an idol is a phantom of the mind that's not really there. All right, you know we've had phantoms. We've had things put in our mind, expectations, traditions, habits put in our minds that we've grown up with that become so much a part of us, we don't even remember where it started. God wants to heal that. He wants a church that walks in the light. And because the more we do that, the stronger we become in Christ to do the things that he's called us to do. One of the things that comes as a reward as we are turning and as Israel was turning Turning back to God on the list right here is good government. All right? God's into government a lot more than we think he is. God invented government. Okay? And he invented things like <coughs> delegated authority and all the things that go with a study of government, whether it be spiritual, church government, anything, anything else. <coughs> God rewards his people with good government when they seek him. And <clears throat> when you think about the times in the kings, if you've studied in the Old Testament, the kings and, and chronicles, 
there was a whole lot more bad kings than there were good kings. They'd have a bad king, and boy, they'd start down this decline. <laughs> you know, hit bottom wouldn't take long at all. But when the people would repent, then God would find and give them good leadership. Okay? So it is with us. I mean, that pattern hasn't, hasn't changed a bit. Pray for our government. Pray for our, you know, I'll just name them all. That's the Supreme Court. You know, I think God has given us a recent answer about somebody added to the Supreme Court that's, that's you know, one of his placements. Okay? I think we need to, <clears throat> we need to pray for Congress. We need to find out. We need to learn what's going on out there so we can pray it. There's an old saying that I picked up a long time ago that <clears throat> it was like this, real short. Pray the news. I didn't say pray about the news. I didn't say pray or react to the news. Let your prayers be what happens and gets reported. Pray the news. So find out what's going on in you know, the world of what's affecting your life. And government, even though we're in this world... We are told to pray for the government. Okay? So find out who's what and what's going on and pray according to the direction God gives you. Pray for the people that you have studied and learned about. This, this is someone I believe that God is wanting to put in into some sort of office to, uh, to bring light, to turn us further and further away from darkness. Be, a, be active in this. That's part of, part of our Christian life. <clears throat> Only the kingdom of God will stand forever. The prophet Daniel, when he was praying, saw f into the future, saw coming kingdoms. He saw the Babylonian kingdom and the Medo-Persian kingdom and the Greeks and the on and on and on, Rome. And he would see these empires set up and then he'd see them set up and then he'd see them fall and he'd see another one set up and he'd see it fall and it, but each time it says he kept looking I saw this happen it was all in dreams and visions mostly I saw this happen but I kept looking and then I saw this kingdom come but I kept looking finally <coughs> finally I saw a kingdom come that was not made with hands, not made with men. He's referring to God is establishing his rule and reign over the world. That's what we need to be understanding. God is in this stuff that's going on that we don't like. He's wanting to correct. He's waiting, though, I think, on us to rise and walk with him. So that's just a, 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 a desire of mine. I have, God has put on my heart for many, many years, pray for the body of Christ. Pray for the body of Christ. And I, so I, here, here's what I did for the first 15 years. I prayed for Protestants. <laughs> One day I thought, oh, I forgot. I guess God wants me to pray for Catholics too. And Orthodox, pray for all believers that God will rise up within them. He will grow us up. You know, we could be this... We could be, would be the strongest power on earth if, if Christians got together. Realize that all the times that, 
you know, we could have voted or we could have stood and spoken against something going on that uh, didn't glorify God and we didn't and now it's worse. Yeah, we need to be prophetic. We need that power within us. So, as a part of the kingdom that is moving uh, in God's, God's rule and reign, let us honor the king, know and obey his ways, and pray he will forgive our sins and heal our land. Now, yesterday, um, I'll, say, I'll save that for a minute. Okay, we're on the, we're on the uh, side up. We've gone, this is the historical pattern. Warfare, relearning, redemption, restoration, good government, destruction of idols, back up to wellness, right? But if you were to read the book of Judges, you would find out that lasts a while, and then it repeats itself. It goes like this <laughs> all, through, all through history. So yesterday I got a phone call from Kim. Everybody knows Kim. She usually sits back here with her mom, and she says, I had the Lord speak to me about something that I think is supposed to be said in church. And uh, so I said, well, what is it? She says, I... I remembered the story of David attacking. <laughs> That's my closing music. And you're like, isn't that cool? <clears throat> she said, I saw, I saw King David and Goliath. And what I remembered from the story was when, it was when David was going out there, it says, he ran to the battle. She said, I think this is God telling us how we're supposed to be fighting as kingdom warriors. Don't run from the battle. Don't say, let somebody else do it. You get involved and find out what your part is. Pray. How does God want you to pray? A lot of times I ask God, what should I pray? how should I pray about this? And he'll give me one little sentence. That's, that's, that's what I'm supposed to be praying about this event or this person. So she said, the people need to run the battle. Don't ignore it. Get in there. Jump in. And then the next thing she said was, the enemies of your country are the enemies of God. There's a lot of stuff out there that's not just, you know, crummy politics. There's spiritual power that's trying to destroy it not only our country, but everything God stands for. Right? I don't want to live like that. I don't want to see that happen. I believe that greater is he within me than he that's within the world. I think we have strength in God to repel and change things if we'll do it. And then finally, she said three things. Run to the battle. The enemies of the nation are the enemies of God. And be confident. I don't think David, even though he probably was about 12, 13 years old at the time running out to fight Goliath, he was confident. I mean, what right does this guy have to challenge us? Who does he think he is? <laughs> okay. You know, that's a great attitude to have. You know, devil, who do you think you are? You know, we're the people of God. God's in us. And we will have victory. And we're going to do the right things. We're going to follow God because God is going to bring us out of that loop 
into a place where we serve him the way that he wants to be served. Amen? Okay. Let's pray, and then, Dwight, if you have something to close with. Let me just pray first here. Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your calling upon each life. Lord, we're all at various stages of, of growth, various stages of maturity, you might say. But, Lord, we have something we need to learn now. We need to hear your voice. We need to hear, we need to receive your power. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We need a better relationship and communication with you, Lord, so that we will be doing our part. Father, we collectively now rebuke the evil one that has sought to harass us as the people of God that has lied, that has deceived, that has tried to force us into calling good evil and evil bad, and <clears throat> good evil and evil good. Father, we pray against the forces that are trying to influence us through evil government offices. And we pray, Father, that you would cause those things to stop, that you would rebuke and you would force those, those people, those ideas, Lord, away from places of influence and authority. Father, we ask that you would pour out your spirit as our nation votes, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us, you will guide us, Lord, that you will, you will keep the enemy still, that you will break his strongholds anywhere within our government, within our education systems, within our, within our entertainment within our family, within our government, Lord. We thank you, Father God. You are a great God. We just worship you. We honor you. Come, Lord Jesus. Come certainly for your, as your second coming, but Lord, we need you in new ways and fresh ways now. So come, Lord Jesus. Guide us. Protect us from evil men. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Just, just bless the name. Just be open to what the Lord would speak to your heart. Richard, just stay, stay here a minute. <clears throat> so um, let me ask a couple questions. Uh, can people be at different places on that chart at the same time? In other words, people in a family, people in a church, people in the nation be at different... Uh, when I drew this thing a long time ago. Uh, I understood that it, and still do, that it's very general. And, uh, you know, everybody as an individual, you know, we could be, we could be on one side, we could be on the uh, up, up climb and still be dragging some darkness with us. But along the way, we're praying and asking God to deliver us from things that have drug us down or cost us, uh, so forth like that. So... Yeah, I think uh, this is just an idea to recognize, you know, there are certain things that we do as individuals or God or the country does or the church does that can drag us down and cost us some of the good, uh, good things that God wants to do through us. And can uh, people, even in the church, let's say, um, <clears throat> be moving at different speeds? In other words, some might be um, on the making faster progress, um, that's, yeah, that's always been that way. Uh, 
you know, we're, we're all on a journey. And some of us have been on that journey for 50 years, some for 10 years, 20 years, some for maybe a few years. We're at varying places. Uh, the heart is the most important thing. What are, what are our desires? Am, am I opening every, everything that I can, that I know how, to Jesus ruling and reigning in me? Now that's what expedites us. That's what causes us to go faster and learn more. But you can only learn. It's okay because you can only learn so fast. And God knows all about what it's like to be human because yeah, he, he used to be one, remember? Uh, so God is recognizing you're at one place, she's at one place, I'm at one place, and they're probably not all the same. I don't think they could be the same. But receive what, let's seek God for where you're at. Lord, this is where I'm at. I'm seeing this, I'm doing this, I'm having a struggle with this, I don't understand this, uh, so forth. God knows where you're at. And it's, it's okay to be where you're at because he's brought you there. I used to have a, a good friend, a Methodist pastor, he'd always open his service where he'd say, Lord, we thank you. <clears throat> we confess that we aren't what we should be, but we thank you we aren't what we used to be. And uh, I got some pretty smart prayer. You know, you're better off than you used to be with the Lord, but you're probably not where you could be and will be in another month, year, so on. So walk in all the light you have. Walk in the light while you have the light, and you'll have more light. So thank you. Richard, uh, stay here. <laughs> so um, we've had more hurricanes, named hurricanes, hit the United States this year than ever before. I think Louisiana alone has had four. Um, California, the more devastation from fires than ever in their history that, that we know of. And, um, and as, as, of course, everybody is aware of the plagues and the, the economic um, fastest downturn. And <clears throat> so are we to believe that our prayers would really make a difference in these things? So you said pray the news. So when we see hurricane coming, we can pray and we can make a difference in the... Uh, response of people and the uh, what happens? Should, uh, yes. You're trying to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, w one of the things that disturbs us, and I think every Christian goes through this, and I'm not sure we always get the right answers, because California seems to be burning down, and uh, uh, the southern part of the country is getting more hurricanes than usual. Are these things judgments of God? And if so, can we uh, repel them through prayer? Uh, I think, I, I can't answer, I don't think everything, this is an, the world is an evil neighborhood. Bad things are going to happen to good people and vice versa. I think we can add to or take away the severity of things, you know, if we pray and act wisely in things. So I think uh, it seems right now that there's so many bad things going on, uh, God has got to be trying to use that to get our attention and to get the attention of other people, to get the attention of his body to the Corinthian, the uh, Chronicles verse, humble ourselves and pray, seek his face, and the uh, non-believer to maybe catch his attention 
why are we having more fires than we used to? Why there's more, uh, boy, everything's just really bad. Maybe uh, God has something to do with it. That always works in that way. So I don't, I don't know particularly that our prayer would make it not happen. I think it might, that it very much can reduce it. I, I've seen people pray against tornadoes, mm-hmm. and the tornado is headed for their house. They're looking at the front door, and it just turned around and went away. I mean, you, you have probably seen the, something like that. Uh, I can't, I can't, we can't say specifically, God's going to do this, God's going to do that. If we do this, that's going to happen. We are learning how to handle power. We are learning that God does certain things, and he wants us to be praying so that we will learn more about him and, I think, protect people. Uh, how many of you have prayed that the, the plague not come to your house or that it diminish or something? I think that's a good practice. We should do that, and we should have faith that God will deliver and God will heal. So <clears throat> a source of faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So would you recommend, you said pray the news, pray that what we're praying can be evidence in the news by, the, by changing things. So is, would you recommend going to places like Psalm 149 and the scripture that um, Scott read earlier, 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 6, that we can simply read these scriptures out loud. We can even change the wording like 2 Timothy 2, it says, I would then that when you come together, prayers first of all be given for those in authority. We say, Lord, we are together and we're praying for those in authority that we may live peaceful. Like we can just change the words a little bit and, and declare that out loud and that will help us have faith because sometimes when we just sit here, it's hard to think, well, me pray against the plague? Huh? But okay, Psalm 91, Psalm 90. So if I can open the Bible and I can pray. Do you think that'll help our faith? It's certainly worth a try. Uh, yeah, I do, I do think so. I think uh, there's certain things in the Bible probably that were prayed for their specific time period. And uh, even though we may not have, we, we aren't, uh, we don't have, well, like for example, when Peter says honor the king, he's, ta- he's talking about secular government. And, uh, you know, we don't have a king uh, other than Jesus, but we can pray for a president. We can pray for those who have authority over us. So there's things in Scripture that are that teach us, and then we take them. And how do I apply this now in my life? Should I be praying for the district attorney? Should I be praying for the president or my my senator uh, or the police chief? Uh, yeah, pray for all those things. And the more here's something. Uh, God wants to train us how to hear his voice better. And if you listen, you have you ever heard, had a thought, and you just blew it off? Oh, yeah, right. You know, and in two or three days it was later it was in the paper, it really happened. It might have been God teaching you how to get serious hearing his voice. About a week ago, I prayed for the family of... If I can remember his name, um, Sean Connery. I guess you heard yesterday. I guess he died. And uh, you know James Bond. 
But uh, and I don't know why that happened, but a couple of weeks ago, I just thought about praying for him. I'd never prayed for his family before. I don't know anything about it. But my son heard that on radio last night. And uh, I wow, you know. And I look back, and there's a number of other things through the years that were God speaking, and I just blew it off. Didn't think that, not everything, but a lot of times, just, uh, so what? Practice. <laughs> Practice. Pray, and, and you'll get better at hearing God's voice and how to apply Scripture. Well, Richard, thank you for answering my questions. Um, I really appreciate that. And again, we want our faith to grow. Use, uh, use the word. Pray the word. Just read it out loud and uh, know that the holy angels, um, hearing God's voice, I know my wife has had dreams where God has shown her things and, uh, and then she could pray. Um, <clears throat> if we could see the angels that <clears throat> are around us right now, angels here, good angels, warring against the bad angels, demons and uh, there's a lot of that going on in our country and angels respond to us praying the word of God they are activated they're released they're um, God commissions them with messages and with help that's biblical so you're not alone people are praying with you and angels are dispatched and at work so let our faith rise and let us praise God because even though he's not necessarily causing everything, but he can work through everything. And so let us pray as we see things going on around us and let us pray and we will see things go around us that we pray. Amen. All right. Yes. It's from, from Psalms 37, you know, and this is King David, you know, which is a man after God's own heart, and God put him as be the, the leader of Israel, you know, the king of, king of Israel. And uh, I don't know, this scripture has just kind of been coming in for the last couple of months. The Lord keeps bringing him back to it, and it's just, he was just screaming it through <laughs> t today. Uh, yeah, Psalms 37, I'm going to read from uh, 3, I'm going to go all the way down to 11. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger, turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will, be, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And that's right what we're trying to go for is prosperity and inheriting the land. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Well, Lord, we pray then. Let's pray. Would you stand together? Let's pray together. Father, we pray out of that psalm, Lord, that you will grant us to rest in you, to trust in you, to not fret, O oh Lord, regardless of what we see or who's doing what. 
But Lord, to be faithful uh, to you and to dwell in the land and Lord, to receive your peace in whatever we're doing, wherever we're going and to spread your peace, to be peacemakers, to be meek, to have the character of Jesus, the presence of Jesus in us, oh God. We pray in Jesus' name. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you. And you're going out and coming in. You're sitting down and rising up. The Lord be with you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Oh, there is uh, baskets around to receive the offering. We, thank, we uh, uh, thank God for his provision to you and through you for the work of ministry. So the, we appreciate you going long, allowing us to go long today. We went long um, in light of the election Tuesday. Um, I felt that it would be important to take a little extra time to encourage us in faith, in prayer, praying the word, and pray, pray this. We can pray this. This is a good thing that we can pray right here. All right, good. Thanks for listening to this podcast from New Covenant Fellowship. We'd love to connect with you. If God spoke to you today, if you'd like someone to pray for you, you can text us at 405-518-5164 or visit us at ncfokc.org to find other ways to connect with our church. God bless. Have a great day.